to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. There he is. Mother, what are you doing? I'm having a drink with Mr. Uh, I told you. Sal. With Sal. But we shouldn't impose any longer. <laughs> oh, you're not taking my Gertrude. Oh, he's good truth. <laughs> Sid, join us. Oswald, Sid. Sid Oswald. If a bus hit me tomorrow, no one would care. And I'm somebody's daughter. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham, uh, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And we're back for another wonderful, wonderful episode of Legends of Gotham, which I'm excited about. It was a good episode. Well, yes, it was a good episode of Gotham. I hope we will have a good episode of Legends of Gotham. Yes, me too. Which, if you guys didn't know, we stream this live every uh, Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. And we even have a chat there. A little less sparse tonight. That's fine. (laughs) We have have our our good buddy Wynn in there, which is always fun. But uh, we have noticed that a lot of times if there's a – yep, and I forgot to turn the music. Um, but a lot of times if there's a really good episode that there's no, not so much feedback we did get a lot of feedback but not a lot of chatters unfortunately right <laughs> but uh we're gonna uh get into the gotham talk and everything but we wanted to go ahead and let you know that uh you know stick around through the whole gotham conversation because yeah. we're also going to be talking about the batman v superman trailer that dropped this weekend which i've watched about 60 billion times already i've watched it twice and i have some things <laughs> to say about it some very harsh things uh not not about uh batman v superman but about marvel movies no i'm just kidding <laughs> all right uh, Henry, uh you want to go ahead and get us started with the uh, rhyming riddling episode summary if you could sure how does an ogre become a seducer by making his face a tiny bit smoother will jim's love for leslie put her in peril not nearly as much as her lack of apparel can murder be good alfred says yeah will bruce give his friend the killer a dress is robin's mom mad about his whole life everyone's stabbing and under the knife under the knife Oh wait, that's a gun. No, that's a gun. Not under the gun. Not under the gun. That's a whole. That's a uh, se- second season episode that they're planning. Under the knife. Uh, what did you think of it overall, Emery? Well, I liked it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. I previously stated I liked it. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be. It, it was. It was. It was a really good episode. There'll be lots of things. Mm-hmm. Lots of the things. Really packed too. Really packed, and you can tell that we're almost at the finale. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can feel it. You can feel it in the airwaves. Yeah. The, this was basically like the orchestra warming up for the for the big uh, finale. <laughs> yes, uh, just like our theme music, which is uh, right. Oh, now oh, you're going to forget it again. No, Love I it. won't forget it. I turned it off right away. Uh, no, but I really liked it too. Uh, so I, I guess we'll go ahead and get started uh, in the main discussion here. Mm-hmm. The first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Gertrude Cobblepots. Oh, Gertrude! Yeah. Unbreakable! I was about to do it. You beat me to it. Uh, which, uh, Bernadette Peters, who plays a... Uh, Bernadette Penguin. Peters? Yeah, Bernadette... Or, or, no, not Bernadette Peters. <laughs> Carol, uh, Kane. Carol Kane. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but Carol Kane, who plays... Uh... Okay, go ahead. Finish laughing. That's fine. But, uh, oh, Ca- I needed that. Carol Kane, who uh, plays Penguin's mom, uh, is in Unbreakable, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is why we <laughs> did that. What was I even talking? Oh, yes. She plays Penguin's mom. By the way, when in the chat room says she really liked this episode, agreed. Uh, but uh, Penguin's mom, uh, we get uh, this whole thing in here where she's at the club. Penguin's trying to plan Maroney's death. Maroney shows up, uh, hits on Penguin's mom, and uh, then uh, tells her the truth about her son. <gasps> Uh, now, Maroney is so sleazy in in this scene. Uh, for, you don't hit He's on somebody's sleazy. Like you don't hit on somebody's mom, though. Even if uh, even even mobsters, it seems like they would have that that kind of like level of respect for a person's mother. They would have if he was an upper level mobster, but it's still pretty low level. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess uh, you know, really, what Maroney is doing here is he he's just trying. I think he's between you know withholding the alcohol from uh, the mm-hmm. ice. Lounge, not the penguins or whatever they're calling it. Oswald's. Oswald's? Yeah. 
Um, but you know, hold, withholding the uh, alcohol from there, and then coming in and revealing the truth about Penguin to his mother and everything, I think Maroney is just trying to make his life as miserable as possible be- before he kills him. I and uh, I, I also uh, thought it was interesting that uh, Mar- I think Maroney came for Penguin's mom because Penguin made it pretty clear to Maroney a few episodes back, uh, back when he was still working for Maroney, mm-hmm. that his mom was super important to him because his mo- mother was sick. He had to go away and everything. Right. So when even he- though that was a lie, I think, uh, you, you know, uh, Maroney kind of read that there was a very close kind of creepy relationship there. Yeah, it's um, completely creepy. So I, I, I kind of came, you know, we have the whole scene, how it ends up with uh, her asking Penguin if. Uh, Maroney was telling the truth and Penguin's like, no, Ma, it's fine. No, no. So Aww. my my prediction for how the rest of this season's going to go down as far as Penguin is, and his mom are concerned is that uh, uh, Gertrude is going to try to kill Oswald because he lied to her about being a bad person. And and so when she tries to kill him, Penguin is going to go into full-on berserker Penguin mode mm-hmm. and kill his mom on accident. Just in self-defense. And then, you know, whatever Penguin does to Maroney after that is going to ignite the big war, uh, the big mob war that we're hoping to get in the season finale. And, you know, based on previews, seems like it's going to happen. It's coming. It's, it's been building. I a like it. Bit. I like as much as I enjoy Miss Carol Kane in this. Um, yeah, I'm mm. done with this character. <laughs> kind of creeps me out a little too much. Well, it, it's she like, always freaked me out from the second. I was like, okay, lady, <laughs> well, I don't know where you're living. There's a lot of drape things and pearls. And I feel like it smells like mothballs in her apartment or something. Oh, definitely and mothballs and very strong perfume. In old books, nah, not books. She's not a book person. <laughs> Maybe old records because she likes to club it up. <laughs> oh, uh, Scotty popped into the chat room to change. Change the title for us. Thank you, Scotty. And uh, Wynn says, uh, Maroney is the sleazy mobster, while Falcone is the classy one. I agree. Definitely. Completely. Falcone has has uh, much more honor than Maroney does. Maroney's, yeah. Maroney's a one of, what do you call him, like a bottom feeder. You know, yes. like he, he he's just a... Uh, well, that's why it doesn't... Mm-hmm. Mar- Maroney runs the alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Where Falcone does not. <laughs> yeah. Fal- Falcone uh, has his fingers and everything where Maroney is more just uh, exploiting people who are already weak. Right. Sort of thing. Also, I miss Falcone. Can we get another Falcone? I hope so. He's been in a lot of the fashion photo shoots they've been doing for Gotham, you know. So hopefully, (laughs) okay. uh, You have Uh, young Bruce. Bruce. So many things with young Bruce. Mm -hmm. I love, 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 love that. Even though he is completely pissed off at Selena Kyle, he still trusts her with everything. Mm -hmm. He basically, you know, he's like, no, no, we're not done here. You're still in on this. And mm. she's like, no, he's like, no, you're still in on this. We need to figure this out. And takes her to the ball. Like, that's <laughs> hilarious that he takes her to the ball. Well, and- so we got to see Batman go to the bat dance. It was fun. Bat dance. That was the Prince song, wasn't it? Bat dance from a... The, the 89 Batman movie, Prince did a whole, like, soundtrack with original songs about Batman. One of them was, like, Vicky Vale. Not Vicky a vale. fan. Vicky so Vale's uh, Batman's Lois Lane, basically. Oh, lovely. Um, But I also love that he pretty much admits to Alfred that he likes her. Like, he <laughs> like, likes her. And what's so wrong with that? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's precious. He needs that because she's really his only friend. Yeah. And I, I think that's so that also be a problem. That also kind of speaks to the future a little bit, too, because as we all know, uh, regardless of what's going on in Batman's world, uh, Bruce always needs to have a, a lady or two on his arm. He, he's, he's, he's a playboy. I mean, he plays the part, but he also kind of enjoys playing, playing the part a little bit. So. I'm sorry. What playboy do you know that doesn't enjoy playing the part? Very true. That's Very sort of true. the nature of the part. <laughs> Because they're playboys. They play. And they're boys. Playboys. Ha. But yeah, uh, nice to see uh, the origin <laughs> of... Uh, I'm like, I said, I'm busting out the wand. <laughs> Playboy Bruce Wayne, for sure. Okay, yes. now, now speaking of that pairing, uh, the Bat-Cat. Bat-Cat. Cat-Bat? Cat-Bat? Bat-Cat? Salus? Belina? No, no Belina. <laughs> Belina actually would be a really good shipping name. No, Cat-Bat. For sure. Can we not ship things on okay, the ship? Uh, Wynn says the cat had no business wearing those shoes. <gasps> uh, I, I liked her outfit, though. It was very much uh, like... 80s Madonna kind of style. We will get into the fashion. Oh, we have some fashion stuff coming up. Of course we have some. Hello, froofy, froofy, fluffy things. That's what I (laughs) do. I'm holding a purple wand. That's fair. Okay. Okay. But I think, you know, regardless of what she was wearing, uh, this episode, we really got to see uh, Selena Kyle's true face. We got to see the actual person where through a lot of the series so far, I think we've been seeing kind of an artifice that she's constructed uh, to come off as nice and normal uh, in her interactions with Bruce or 
or, you know, sometimes tricking adults like Gordon yep. into, a, you know, letting her get away or whatever. Uh, right. But, you know, we, we get to see that uh, fierceness right. in her. I, now, the first scene is the one I'm mainly talking about, although there's a little bit of it in the ball, too. But she kind of just lets the ma- mask drop and it, it, it manifests as anger, like a lot of anger. Yeah. She, she's pissed off that Bruce uh, can't see why, why she had it. to kill Reggie right. last week's episode. And uh, But the thing is, is Selena Kyle, as nice and as helpful as she's been to Bruce this entire time, helping him when, you know, the assassins tack the manor and all that kind of stuff. Selena's really just a, she's a homeless kid in Gotham City. She's a runaway. She's not homeless. Like, she's homeless, but she's a runaway. Yeah. There's a slight difference because mm-hmm. homeless. She's a homeless runaway. Yeah. Or, well, she's not quite so homeless anymore. Uh, but, no. But yeah, she she she's a street kid, right? She's, yeah. And and we've seen the types of people that she runs around with too. Yes. Uh, and so I I really think that she's probably already done worse things than pushing Reggie out a window for for less moral reasons. Because I mean, in, at the end of the day, she she killed Reggie, but she did it to save her and Bruce's life. Right. You know, so so there was a, there was some sort of moral justification for the immoral act. But I, I have a feeling Selena, uh, to survive, has probably done far worse things without any sort of justification what, besides what's selfishness. Worse than killing someone? Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, killing two people. <laughs> you think this isn't her first kill? Um, I don't know. I, I could see her, I, I don't know, stealing something from somebody who needed it or... I'm pretty sure it's her first kill. Mm-hmm. Okay, may, maybe maybe not worse. Saying, thing. She's I'm probably just... done a lot of bad things. Exactly. Yeah. For far, far more vain reasons. Yeah, th- sure. th- this is probably not her her first time at the uh, criminal rodeo. No, it's definitely not. Uh, but I, that first scene, especially, minus the guy who showed up who she got to walk away or whatever, definitely the best uh, bat cat or Bellina scene so far. Uh, it very much like the classic uh, dynamic between Batman and Catwoman. Uh, Bruce likes her and he trusts her, uh, but he can't approve of her methods. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, uh, for now, he needs her. You know, yeah. if if he doesn't have her, he's going to have a lot more trouble getting to Bandersnatch or whatever his name is. <laughs> I forget what his name is. Uh, uh, Bumbleslaw, Bunderslaw. Yeah, exactly. All exactly. I keep thinking is coleslaw. <laughs> or as Reggie would say, Blockerfickin'. <laughs> I had no idea what he was ever saying. Yeah, I was like, why do you give the really hard to pronounce name to the really thick Scottish accented junkie? Yeah, it's awful. Bad news. So awful. But I, I think once the whole Wayne Enterprises issue is sorted out and the murder and Bruce figures everything out and gets Bandersnatch and Flunderbat out of there, that uh, he's probably going to go ahead. I, I would imagine he's probably going to turn Selena in oh. for, for her own good. Because right now, right now he needs her, I and don't know and about that. right now they're kind of they're kind of in on this together and everything. But I think once once he everything gets worked out, like he, he's he wants her to live a happy life, so he's going to want her to get you know into the system and maybe get some help or whatnot. She's in the system. Already. Get sent to the doll maker. Uh, so I'll talk about the, them because they weren't in the episode. Call back. Call back. Oh yeah, this was fishless. I don't think he'll actually turn her in mm-hmm. um, because he has to incriminate himself. Well, what did he do that was wrong though he was there so, he didn't stop her he's mm-hmm. he's an accomplice yeah he's still involved mm-hmm. so and i guess she could totally be like yeah but he helped me exactly like, like i had i had my hand on one butt cheek he had his on the other and we both pushed yeah yeah something like that something like that so selena selena there's a lot of selena tonight yes that's fine it's okay She's we like fine. selena we do like selena. cat girl cat girl belina no. hashtag belina no <laughs> I say no. Um, I say yay. Uh, she's very protective of Barbara. Mm-hmm. I think she understands that Barbara's very weak and can't seem to get her act together. Yeah. Um, but like her face when she sees her with the ogre at the mm-hmm. ball was kind of scared for her or like it's like she recognized him she knew this dude's up to something oh or like do, do you think that she's had a run-in with the ogre or? i kind of think maybe not necessarily a run-in run-in not like a uh, run-in, a run-in because uh, she's a photograph alive. in the suitcase yeah, she's run-in. not in the suitcase but i think she's seen him around mm. and maybe seen his smarmy ways somehow i mean 
She doesn't exactly go to bars. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but she definitely – I feel she recognized him. Yeah. Um. So that was a little weird and the protectiveness seemed to – Yeah, I definitely yeah, – I also – I, I kind of got the impression though that it, it might have been a situation where she saw her leaving. She was like, oh, should I be concerned about that? Uh, no, she's – Barbara. Barbara's going to Barbara. You know, she's going to go off and have her fun and she'll be back – I, with a hangover tomorrow or something like that, but no, uh-huh. I, could, I I do like your interpretation though, yeah. for sure. Like, yeah, it, excuse me, <laughs> um, yeah, it just didn't. It just felt very. She was concerned. Mm-hmm. She already she saw something there, which is weird that she seemed a little almost surprised by the really bad sketch that she calls Jim on. Yeah. Um, I do like that. Well, I don't think we mentioned anywhere, but I love how he jumped to her. Like, to, he realized what was going on. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pumped. Well, I, I definitely like the way they did the because you see that article that he talks about, yeah. that, remembering the line from uh, in the one of the first scenes with the ogre. This episode, like it's laying on a table. Yeah. Like I, I believe it was the their Flatermouse or something uh, art gallery, mm. uh, like a benefit there, and that's where. The ogre got the quote and Jim recognized yeah. the quote and everything from. Oh, I, I would like to mention we do have Marshall and Waywards over in the chat room Hi. there at live.universebox.com if anyone else wants to jump in. And uh, Wynn says, oh, oh, wow, I didn't e- didn't even miss Fish at all. She was totally off my radar. I just want to know if she lived. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just wondering if uh, if you guys heard my theory last week. I have a feeling that la- this past week might be the last time we get to see Jada Pinkett Smith as Fish Mooney and that some other actress or actor or something might be playing a more monstrous version of Fish for the finale. It's a theory. It's, it's a theory. A theory. But, uh, I don't know. I'll be really kind mm-hmm. of upset if Fish goes out. Uh-huh. Not at the hands of Penguin. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Penguin has to be the one to take her down. Right. Like, I sure. I can't. Mm-hmm. That can't be how she dies. But, you know. I'm not okay with it. But, you know, uh, sp- and we'll get back to the main discussion in just a minute. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, Dollmaker, uh, we, we had the saw these come over today and we thought we'd uh, show them to you here. They're basically, uh, they're, they're coming out. Diamond Select is releasing a series of Gotham figurines, like really highly articulated, mm-hmm. really, really uh, well done and everything. And uh, the first round, I guess there's going to be several rounds rounds of these but the first round is a uh, cat girl selena kyle now if i can get out of here okay and then penguin uh it looks like uh is that the cabin yeah i think uh... so from a few episodes back and then we got good old jimmy gordon there hi jim yeah and uh, these are going to be coming out in the fall from diamond select but we thought we'd go ahead and show them to you if you want to check them out for yourself uh mm-hmm. we'll have a link to the show notes at legendsofgotham.com okay uh let's see here uh, we wanted to go ahead and uh before we get back to the main discussion we had a couple pieces of feedback about our episode last week they were still relevant <laughs> so we thought we'd go ahead and uh, address them amory they're down at the bottom of the talk i'll go ahead and read michael's uh okay. now we were uh, kind of wondering if uh we thought it was weird that speaky like they had uh, licensed speakeasies in last week's episode oh, yes. you know that they had a liquor license and everything so michael wrote in and said uh bill as to the issue of speakeasies having liquor licenses i don't think this is the type of speakeasy where they run illicit liquor trades i think they that they were going for here was more uh, of a modern speakeasy where they decorate the place in period decor everyone including often the patrons wears period clothing and they serve period cocktails like sazeracs and such a lot of them even make you give a password when you go in which changes every day they give it to you when you make a reservation so more so more of a bar with a speakeasy type gimmick than a real literal speakeasy i think that's what they were going for here since they did have liquor licenses but it could be wrong Take care, Michael. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. It kind of so, kind of like a Renaissance fair for the <laughs> urban set. <laughs> Definitely, I like that. Okay, and this next one's from Mariana um, in reference to our comments last week's episode on the ogre scene. I'm not sure that we are that we were seeing what the ogre was really doing or what Jim was thinking that he was doing. Every time they cut to one of those <coughs> scenes, it was a gray, ha- <coughs> hazy style to show that it was in the past. But they also came just as Jim was learning something about the crime or the ogre. The most glaring example is when Harvey told Jim that he knew who was looking. He was looking into, and it cut right to this scene where the ogre was trying to keep the girl from leaving. Yeah, I kind of like this interpretation. Like yeah, to where those, because they were so funny and they had like the grain and they looked mm. like grindhouse films or something like that. That right. that was just Jim imagining what had gone on. Yeah. Although, although I guess it, sort of this week saw the, the we saw the actual room. Right. So I, I guess Jim just has a really, really precise good, imagination. Very good imagination. He knows what he's talking about. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's see here. We'll go ahead and get back into the main discussion now i 
Let's see. So something that got introduced, we kind of addressed it a little bit before, is uh, Batman's no-kill code, which this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. This is a – well, it, it wasn't originally on the character. Like back in Detective Comics number 27 through uh, probably a few years after that, Batman used a gun. He would shoot people. Interesting. Uh, but, it, you know, it, very quickly, once it became a character that was more focused uh, specifically towards children, once it became the lighty, brighty Adam West kind of Batman, he got this no-kill code. Uh, so uh, we get to see how it happens, and, but I'm glad it happened early because uh, better to set it in stone now than, you know, like a lesser story would uh, give him a kill or two just and to kind of make him it. seem more edgy. And then, you know, something happens and he's like, okay, well, I can't kill anymore besides those three people. People I killed in, right. you know, the season finale or whatever. Right. So I'm glad they got it out of the way early. I, I, are, are you familiar with his no-kill code? I, I'm, I'm familiar enough, thanks to okay. you. Um, <laughs> I was actually going to say because you've been complaining that it seemed like he wasn't sort of going in that direction, mm-hmm. that they made such a massive deal out of it this episode. I, when I was watching, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Because I just could hear the little the little Bill voice mm-hmm. in my head. Oh, yeah. I would have been upset if they had, they had let little Bruce kill anyone yeah. or anything, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, so um, I, one of the main things really uh with bruce is i i think the really the reason he he comes to hold this code and everything is that he realizes uh that you know even when especially when he wants to kill it's very important that he doesn't because uh you know crossing that line from not being a killer to being a killer is a one-way trip for him mm-hmm. just because of the the psychological damage damage he has uh you know th- the code thing is the only thing that keeps batman out of arkham uh, more or less. Mm-hmm. If he lets himself cross that line uh, to become a killer, uh, which, you know, is an arbitrary goal that uh, he based on his own personal morals, uh, to be clear. I mean, you know, cops kill people. Is that moral or not? Who knows? Depends, uh, on, the depends on the cop. Uh, but, uh, you know, if if he let himself cross that line, he'd be a supervillain the next day. You think? Yeah, I, I think if he crossed that line once, it would just like open the floodgates and he would basically be a darker ver- version of the Joker. He would be like that level of crazy. Interesting. Yeah, I, they, they, this code, I, I think, is really the only thing keeping Batman out of Arkham. And I'm really glad to see them, uh, you know, go staying, ahead and give it to him. Yeah, staying so. with it. Although a, a young Bruce and Arkham storyline would be kind of fun, I just That'd thought. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. Definitely. Okay, so the ogre. We've, we've touched on him. We haven't really dedicated too, too much to him, which is weird because that's like <laughs> – the main thing in these episodes. Yes. Um, yeah, because we didn't talk about him too much last week no, either. No, it was his introduction. Um, I love that he went after Barbara to hurt Jim, like, and was just going to just kill her. Mm-hmm. But then was like, yeah, I like you. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep you for you know, paint me like one of your French girls yeah. type of situation. Yeah, you're my kind of crazy. You, you are my kind of crazy. There was many different things. Like they were making such connections. It was mm-hmm. a little scary. A bit. A bit. It was a little scary. You kind of see Barbara go dark, mm-hmm. which was neat. Um, I'm entertained yet a little creeped out because he saw the invitation and he made the $10,000 donation to attend the ball. Well, he has access to all of that. Uh, that uh, what, what, money. Van Groot money. Right. Right. No, that that's not the part that freaks me out. It's the part from when she said, well, what would you have done if I hadn't come? He said, I'd have been very disappointed. And the way he looked at her, he was like, no, I'd have been disappointed in you. Mm. Like, that's how I am. Well, and we we see what happens when he's disappointed. Yeah, you die with like lamb, for example. Yeah, like, from last so week's episode. This is dinner. Um, so that was a little creepy. Um, does Harvey have anyone for the ogre to go after? Because he's, right now he's only going after Jim. Jim has a partner. He's seen Harvey at all of these things. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's just going after Jim's people. Well, does does Harvey have anyone who? Anyone. Who who would care or he would care about? Right, like, that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't seem like he has anyone. Yeah, minus like a, a random flirting with uh, that girl from the Scarecrow episodes right. and stuff. Like we haven't really seen him form an attachment to any right. in his well, old I partner. Mean, but I mean, he could have. I don't know if he has family because mm-hmm. it seems like this guy tends to try and go after family too. Yeah. So I don't know. Does he have a cousin, sister? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anybody. Harvina Dent. Harvina or Harvey, Dent. Harvey, Harvey, Har, Harvina Bullock. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Wrong Harvey. So hard having two prominent Harveys in this series. Yeah, we haven't had the other one very much. That's true. Um, okay. Who gave the dude the name The Ogre? Mm-hmm. Because they seemed quite surprised by his previous appearance, where he looks like an ogre. Yeah, and they already had the name in the case file. I don't know. Maybe maybe he uh, gave gave it a uh, to himself. Maybe I don't. Did he sign any of those notes or? Oh, Marshall has to leave. Bye, Marshall. Bye, Marshall. Thanks for stopping by. Woo-hoo. 
Um, Download the episode and watch it later. Yep. I, I don't know. Like, I don't – I'm just curious where the name came from because his father literally said he knew nothing about him, hasn't seen him since the first kill mm-hmm. where his mother rejected him. Yeah. So that was interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I did like that, uh, you know, a lot of people were floating out, why is he called the ogre? last week and well because he looked like an ogre it's called the ogre just seems weird that police know that (laughs) Mm -hmm. because they just found out the picture oh yeah i i I can definitely see that as being like kind of a little bit of a plot hole a little bit plot hole there yeah Um, i I wonder though if that that drawing of the heart that he leaves might be signed the ogre or it might be signed the ogre or maybe it's connected to some sort of ogrey thing or something like that i don't know some sort of ogre part of part of a classic ogre painting (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um also last sort of thing is he seemed really like hidden with his room with mm-hmm. the other women kind of it seemed like they were like dragged in there but he basically tells barbara no go in go ahead go see what you go see for yourself mm-hmm. that seemed really weird again he must like feel some crazy connection which we kind of see because then she sort of gives this half smile oh yeah she like, was in she was into the torture room for yeah. sure which is kind of weird yeah, a little bit definitely so. a 50 shades of gray fan oh, that barbara stop. <laughs> don't be a barbara don't don't get excited about uh, torture rooms. No. Okay, but you know the ogre uh, kind of fits into uh, an archetype that that uh, it gets hit a lot in this episode actually, mm-hmm. and that's the archetype of the awkward uh, social pariah turned madman. Mm-hmm. I, and so oh, the ogre is a disfigured kid who freaks out when the, the society around him, uh, Mrs. Van Groot, mm-hmm. uh, rejects him. And so from that point on, he uh, decides to make his fantasy life his reality. Uh, From the first uh, kill, uh, killing Mrs. Van Groot, uh, to the surgery, to every woman he's kidnapped and tried to turn into the perfect woman. Uh, He's trying to bend reality to his wishes, make Mm -hmm. reality how he wants it to be, uh, that's most beneficial to him. Now, like like you said, you know, uh, he definitely, I think, he felt a real connection with Barbara, more so than any any of the others. Any of the others. The other ones were physical and he was hoping it could grow into something more. Barbara's his kind of crazy. That something more is there already, like right from the beginning. Those two would be terrifying. Yes, definitely. Like, can you imagine them wreaking havoc on Gotham's city oh no because she's perfect for a super villain yeah i i i really hoping and we've been talking about this all season that they are angling her to becoming a super villain and obviously if she's down with the ogre probably uh she's going to be the ogress the ogress the ogress so uh the ogre lonely kid turned serial killer Mm -hmm. uh it's an original take on an old concept uh and it only feels a little overplayed because of a regular cast member's uh, part in this episode which is uh Ed. Oh, Ed. Dear. oh dear 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 oh <laughs> dear no but he totally stabbed that dude right so uh-huh. so he, in this case we see another example and this has had a bit more fleshing out because we've been seeing it over the entire season of a, a social uh socially awkward pariah getting pushed to the edge mm-hmm. now uh officer uh doherty doherty uh shannon doherty officer doherty yeah uh didn't uh make ed do this I don't think. I don't think he was the thing that made Ed do this. Uh, Bullock and uh, Essen and everyone basically in the GCPD besides Jim made him do this. Now, Doherty happened to be the one that pushed him just over the line. Yeah. But to get to the line, he had everyone else oh, pushing him there up. the entire uh, series and probably his entire life. Right. Because, I mean, he didn't just become this way In five minutes months. before the pilot started right. or whatever. Right. No, that didn't happen. No. So, uh, and so I don't think that Officer uh, Doherty was responsible for Ed mm-hmm. crossing that line. I just think he happened to be the guy who was there when Ed finally cracked. And I also think it probably hit him a little harder than it would have, uh, too, just because uh, Kringle rejected him first and rejected him for this guy and then this guy's beating her and he's like ah yeah he's like i wouldn't do that yeah i well really at that point i don't think it's even so much i want to do that more just like how how could you pick him like i'm obviously logically the better candidate here uh but my big question is how is uh kristen kringle going to react to this now her last boyfriend we saw at the gcpd i forget his name but uh, the guy who was ousted and everything um but he seemed like he might have been in in a abuse 
an abuser yeah. too because I mean a couple times I'd walked in on her crying or like mm-hmm. them having like a thing uh, so I'm wondering is once she realizes Ed did this is she is she going to thank Ed or is she just a, is she one of those people that just sort of uh, gravitates towards abusive people and relationships and is she going to be mad at Ed and go try and find another abusive relationship mm. to kind of fill that hole or is she going to turn him in or what's she going to do what do you think oh uh, win says ed was a watermelon flavored fruit loop in this episode oh, very apt description ed. <laughs> um i'm not sure what's gonna happen i'm kind of curious myself mm-hmm. because you almost want her to gravitate towards him but i think that kind of puts her in danger too yeah like i feel no one is safe now see i i'm still kind of holding out hope that uh he's gonna completely go off the deep end and she's gonna come along with him and together they're gonna become the R- riddle man and uh kringle Riddleman and Kringle. Riddleman and Kringle woman. I I would love to see them as like a uh, a villain duo of some sort. Like a we're costume. just making all sorts of villain duos tonight, aren't definitely, we? Definitely, definitely. Okay. No, but like a costume villain duo, like Gotham's first costume villain duo or something. And then maybe Kristen dies at the hands of Bullock. Season two done. Except not. Oh, maybe season three then. No, but I, it it should be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I guess you know we'll have to wait. And I hope hope I can get that cleaned up before someone notices. I mean, all those subway cars right. flashing there around all there, sorts like of stuff there. Like he seemed to almost be walking away. I'm like, you're walking with a dead body in front of your car. Yeah, your car is right there, your man. Car. There's probably blood on your car. Yeah, on your nice, beautiful green car, which was very appropriate. L- little subtler than the question mark on the coffee mug. I guess. Yeah, they probably got hit for that um excuse me so but ed is such an amazing character like i um that watermelon scene where yes he is a watermelon flavored fruit loop but (laughs) he was practicing stabbing watermelons Mm-hmm. Like he was practicing killing someone. Yeah, that's the thing is it's uh, it it felt very much like a callback to the exact motion he was making in the watermelon scene. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like he was like, oh, this was the one that worked. Stab, 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 stab. Yeah, like that was crazy. Well, the whole stabbing scene in general was really interesting because like he does it once, just kind of like it's a self defensive thing, and he pulls out almost immediately. The guy's like, what? And then he's about to come for him, and he's like, oh, I I, I need to do that again because he's coming at me again. And then the guy's pretty much incapacitated and he's like wait a second that was fun no i think i think it was more wait a second okay he 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 stopped now but if i don't kill him i'm done and so then he just like gets really he starts stabbing and then he starts getting really really happy about it and then he's happy and he's sad and he's oh dear oh dear oh dear oh dear like completely all over the place oh dear oh dear yeah it was yeah his face really just ended up being a perfect mix of being scared being terrified of like any kind and being thrilled of the first kill like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like when he was laughing, you couldn't tell if he was laughing or crying mm-hmm. through most of it. Yeah, I also liked uh, the, the way his hair ended up getting messed up made him look a lot like the Ed Nigma from Batman Forever played by Jim Carrey. Oh. Yeah, like, uh, I, I don't know if you've oh, ever yeah, seen Oh, yeah, 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 with the, the, the floppy. Yeah, hold on. I'll, I'll try and find a picture here. Okay. Okay. Just because it's relevant. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see, yeah. it lo- looks very much kind of like uh, like Ed did right there after he got his oh, hair wow. and stuff and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Big resemblance. Big resemblance. Interesting. For sure. Interesting. But huh. I, yeah, so I, one thing I wanted to address here, just because uh, if you guys didn't know, our, our good buddy TJ Scotty wasn't able to get a, a, any voicemails or anything over to us today, but uh, he directed this episode. He First time since uh, Spirit of the Goat, I believe, he's directed. No, la- didn't he do last week? Or- yeah, last week. No, he didn't do. No, he did one after Spirit of the Goat. I think. I don't. I don't uh, he I'm did. Not he did like two last half season, and then he did this one, uh, which great again. And I guess the uh, place where they had the press conference was actually where uh, he met Harvey Dent for the first time oh, in really? that episode. Yeah. But uh, one one thing that uh, just immediately screamed TJ Scott to me, and I was convinced he had come up with it, uh-huh. was the scene of Leslie in the tub, because uh, TJ uh, Scott has. If you don't know, he has a book out. Right now, that's uh, going uh, to a good cause uh, to help uh, with breast cancer research and stuff. And we won't blow anything up here because it's kind of a little indecent. But uh, it's called In the Tub, and it's a pictures of a bunch of celebrities. Not indecent, uh, <laughs> well, to some sensibilities, I guess. Okay, but I'm just nudity. You know how I am with stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It's breast cancer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of different celebrities, uh, as it says, in the tub. And right. uh, so when I saw that, I was like, oh, it, that had to have been TJ Scott who put that in there, right? But no, I guess not. Because uh, I, when John Stevens, uh, the writer of tonight's episode, tweeted out, 
that uh, about the tub scene, I was like, oh, that had to have been TJ Scott, right? Mm -hmm. And then TJ wrote me back and said, nope, uh, that was actually in the script that uh, John Stevens uh, wrote. And then John Stevens tweeted me and he was like, yeah, it was in the script I wrote, but it was Danny Cannon's idea. So uh, those of you who might have been fond of seeing uh, Leslie Tompkins in various states of undress in the tub, yeah, ultimately, you have Danny Cannon to thank. You have Danny Cannon to thank. Okay, let's see. Hold on. He did Arkham. He did Spirit of the Goat. I had to look now because yeah. that's what happened. Oh, he didn't do last week. Okay, he did this week. But I, I did think that whole scene was kind of like a fun takeoff on sort of a slasher movie kind of thing with, the, with her like uh, hunting the cat through the apartment see you think it was a fun take on a slash room and i'm like mm. why are we seeing her in the tub i don't need this although i did think it was funny when we were watching it uh as soon as she finds the cat you were like man if i had that knife in that cat i'd, I'd stab that cat and then she I puts the not! cat or you said something along those lines like uh maybe she should deal with the cat like that and then she puts oh. her out on the windowsill and she's like i would skin you or something like that oh no no it had nothing to do with the knife it had to do with the fact that she was running around in a towel that was barely covering her oh okay that was my issue i'm like you're hunting a cat in a towel <laughs> yeah. with a knife exposed like, legs on a, in a cat hunt no it was you don't not the legs i was concerned about well i'm saying that's where the claws are you know, like, cats are vicious. Oh, so cats funny. are evil. Stop hating. I love cats. I want a cat. <laughs> okay, so so you have issues with undress. What about dress? Ah! What about dresses? Okay. I really, 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 really wanted a dress-up scene with Selena and Barbara. I know we kind of mm-hmm. sort of already had one this season, but Barbara literally says we've got a lot of work to do and then we don't see the work. I yeah. wanted the work. I want <laughs> Selena, you know, trying on different dresses and Barbara going... Sorry. Um, going, no, that won't work. No, that won't work. Mm. Here's how you walk in heels. This is how you got like I wanted her walking with a book mm. on her head. It didn't have to be a long scene, but I wanted you, you I wanted, wanted more like, dress twirls. You wanted like a little montage, like uh, yes. like her trying on different dresses just, like just, jump cuts, jump yes. cuts, new dress, new dress, new yes. dress, new dress, shoes, shoes, dress, dress. Yes. Exactly. I really did. Okay, I'm well, sorry. I'm proofy. I like the girly stuff. I, I, I just gave you that because this is, was dress. This was shoes. Dress, dress, shoes, shoes, dress, dress, shoes, shoes, dress, shoes, dress, shoes, dress, shoes. No dress shoes. Wynn says cats are awesome. They are, Wynn. <laughs> they really are. I disagree. Yes, you're allergic to them. Okay, well, out of 173 scratched out ogre face pictures, Ooh. how many scratched out ogre face pictures do you give this episode? 150. Why? Um, well, I really liked it. Um, and there was lots of good things. It just... I feel like I needed just a little bit more to make it over the top amazing. This uh-huh. week. Like it was really good. There were mm-hmm. lots of good things, lots of good things. But I don't know. We're so close to the finale. I feel like it should be moving a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can. See I mean, that. it's still. I know a lot went on, but it still seems mm-hmm. slightly slow. I, I can see that. It, it, yeah, it, it also feels like some of these. Like they they feel the need to hit X number of characters every episode. Sometimes it feels like I don't know. Maybe last week's penguin story. This week's penguin story maybe mixed up with a little bit of next week's would have made like a really good kind of a plot for the episode Uh, you you know for for one episode versus you know splitting it three different ways with bruce and selena and this that and the other but the problem is they have to tell all of these stories yeah and they have to walk all of them forward to where they all come and meet at the end right you know too so so there's that uh win has 160 because of the maroni penguins mom scene See, I was so creeped out by it. And let's see. As for me, I'm going to give it 167 scratched out ogre face pictures. Because I thought it was a really strong episode, probably definitely one of the, definitely the strongest one uh, since we came back. Which I mean, there's only there's been two, like two. Yeah. but but uh, made made me more confident that I'm gonna like the way that the ogre story wraps up. If not, oh, I'm, else, I'm so. really excited. And we get that next week. Definitely, definitely. Huh. So uh, stay Hi, tuned say, for that. Stay tuned. Okay, well, we're gonna be talking the Batman v Superman trailer, some news and some letters and stuff here in a minute. But first, we wanted to tell you a little bit about our Patreon. Emery, you want to do the honors? Sure. Uh, currently. We are running a Patreon where you can make a monthly donation towards, well, us and producing awesome, fantastic content. Patreon.com slash Universe Box. Yes. Right now we have 23 people donating um, for 
total of $150 a Thank month, you. which is awesome. Thank you so much. Definitely. Uh, right now, we only do, we pr- or not only we produce <laughs> three weekly podcasts, but we'd really like to see this number go up so we can um, up our the amount of content that we can send your way. You can donate anything from ten cents up, um, anything that you feel you know we're worth it. Uh, we'll give you some great rewards. There's free books, exclusive content. Um, we're going to be putting together our next patron exclusive um, hangout mm-hmm. uh, probably in the next week or two. To look for look for things coming up. Uh, but we've also been able to get rid of external ads. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then we're going to start doing, if we hit that miles, the milestone, I think it's uh, 200 Yeah, 200, 200. per month. So we're $50 away from it. $50 away uh, to do patron-exclusive movie commentaries, uh, where basically we will talk our way through a movie. And trust me, it's entertaining. Yeah, if, a, if you, you want to sample, we do these for uh, episodes of Once Upon a Time over on our Greetings from Storybrook podcast. Right. So. So, and I'm uh, sure we'll do some Gotham ones or something over the summer. Probably over the probably. summer. So Patreon.com com slash universe box and we'd really appreciate anything you could throw our way yeah and definitely thank you to everyone who supported us absolutely you guys are awesome yeah and this is something we don't mention too too much but i guess i'll point out too on youtube if you'd like uh, there should be a little uh eye icon up in the corner there if you want to click that too if you want to give us a one-time donation to help out you can do it uh, through youtube too uh, because they have that great uh fan funding thing going on right now okay so we're gonna go ahead and talk about the uh, batman v superman trailer real quick because well uh it's it's big it's out it's Batman related, so we're going to do it. So why don't we go ahead and watch a quick clip of it, and then we'll discuss it. So here we, here we go. I'll go ahead and make this a little bigger here. Okay, is here it really surprising <laughs> that the most powerful man in the world should be a figure of controversy? We, as a population on this planet, have been looking for a savior. <laughs> we're talking about a alien whose very existence <laughs> are not telling us the truth. challenges our own sense of priority. Okay, well, uh, we won't play the whole thing, but basically this is a uh, – and we'll have the link in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com. But this is a fan edit that uses the Christopher Reeve version of Superman and the Adam West version of Batman and switches them out. So it's a lot of fun, but a really fun trailer overall too. Uh, we have a, a few people uh, checked in over Twitter over the course of the day to, to let us know what they thought of it. Uh, Wynn said uh, – these two bring out the worst in each other, so the trailer makes me sad. It's visually stunning, though. Mm-hmm. And then a snowshoe said, uh, Batman with glowing eyes are so weird, LOL. He's pretty much Iron Man at this point. And she had that in mm-hmm. quotes, so I think she was saying, this is what people are saying, and it's bunk, uh, gotcha. more or less. Uh, Tom Nagasa says, the trailer gave me a bit of a bad vibe, but I still remain cautiously optimistic and hopeful that the- it will be a decent movie. Uh, Shauna Piranha says, where's Lois? <laughs> And uh, Scotty Rowland says, this is the Batman v Superman we deserve. Oh, and we're showing the show, Doc. No, you guys know our secrets. Ah, It's fine. (laughs) Just don't mind the typos. So, Amory, what did you think of this overall? Because I know you you haven't seen Man of Steel yet. No. No, I haven't. Um, I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued, you know, especially after doing the Superman episode of Universe Box last week and doing the Gotham podcast. I've been... You're throwing me into comic world where I do not – I flounder. I'm like, mm. <laughs> well, that's because you haven't built up a tolerance to it yet. I really should have by now. But... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Surrounded. Ah! So, um, no, I, I'm, I'm interested. That should be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We know that you're like oozing excitement for Yeah, it. I'm like bouncing up and down in my chair 24 all hours week. a day uh, <laughs> since this trailer came out. It's a good workout. Now, first of all, I, I guess we'll uh, talk about it a little bit here. First of all, I really – really liked it um it's basically comic book batman and superman as i know them i mean i know some people have they know the crypto the super dog version or the batman brave and the bold version or the adam west version but these are these are my superman and batman or the ones that or at least the ones i've been into since i became an adult more or less and the the comic book version that's been around since i became an adult now some of the best superman stories and we can see in this trailer with the false god stuff and the people with face paint and everything it's going to be a big theme uh, the approach uh, where Superman is sort of a false god where people worship him or uh, that uh, him being here on Earth holds back human progress uh, because we, yeah. we, we, we're not able to solve problems for ourselves. He does it for us so we don't progress as a s- society. These are two uh, big themes in Superman stories. And it definitely appears that, that that's going to be what it's all about mm-hmm. going forward. And I think Lex Luthor is going to be sort of the voice of 
Superman is bad for humanity. Of course he is. Uh, which is good. He has that line in there about uh, devils don't come from down below. They're here with us on Earth. Oh, they come from the that sky. Was yeah, that was Le- that was uh, not Michael Rosenbaum. That was Lex Luthor <laughs> Smallville. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh. You can see how I got confused. Um, no, sure. not at all. Uh, but I also thought it was interesting. I don't know if you guys noticed, but that scene where he's walking through the like bunker and mm-hmm. the soldiers are kneeling down to him. They all have Superman shields sewn onto their shoulders. Huh. So I'm guessing they're probably some like radical militia or something who is uh, who fight for Superman, like fight a holy war for Superman or something. Oh. And maybe he's coming down there to be like, hey, guys, yeah, I'm just a person. This you don't need to I worship do. me and shoot people in my name or whatever. Right. But OK. So my things with all this. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because from what I've gathered, Mr. Superman would not want people bowing to him and worshiping him like a god. This is not oh, him. Minus a few else worlds. You're completely right. OK. Yeah. So it's already a little weird. But and no, I have not seen Man of Steel. So if anything con- is different from that, deal with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. It almost seemed like they would rather have Batman defending them than Superman defending them because Batman is from Earth. Am I reading that right? I th- I think uh, you could definitely that stood out to me. I think Batman definitely feels that way. Well, I'm sure Batman. Feels it's that way. hard to say what the rest of society feels about that because we we really don't know how public batman has has been in this world we know he he's been around for years uh you know this is like well, a, he wasn't young this is a, like a batman later in his life uh-huh. uh but i'm it, sorry are you calling ben affleck old yes don't i'm definitely calling ben <laughs> don't affleck call old. Him old. <laughs> uh but yeah so so we don't know where he, he is in his life or anything but in most versions of batman uh modern versions of batman he he's an urban legend like okay. people don't necessarily believe there's an actual guy named Batman. They think that, you know, crackheads who get knocked out in an alleyway thought they saw the Batman or something okay. like that. Or, you know, they, they, or it's unclear. Some people think he's real. Some people think he's not, etc. So we really don't know what kind of Batman we're dealing with here. The fact that he hasn't been in the Justice League yet since the Justice League doesn't exist yet in this mm-hmm. universe makes me think that he is that urban legend, in which case – uh, nobody else would really be looking to for Batman to be the savior versus Superman because they don't know he exists yet. Well, then who do they want to be? Who do they want to take down Superman? Well, I, I have a feeling that uh, Lex is positioning himself that okay. way. He he's, he he wants to be hum- humanity's savior. I, in fact, I, some spoilers uh, that I've come across that who knows how accurate they are. Because it's be, over a year away. It, but I mean, this would make sense. Even say that uh, Lex Luthor is the one who re- rebuilds Metropolis after the big battle from Man of Steel uh, and everything. Okay. And that's how he ingratiates himself to the public. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, the Batman in this, too, is also completely the comic book, book Batman. He's wearing the black and gray suit, which we've never seen in a Batman movie before. It's always been the black suit, which I thought was really cool. He kind of looks like the uh, Batman from the Arkham games a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like just big, blocky Batman. I, I, I the love the voice. To, I hate the creepy eyes, but I, I, I love the voice. I love the voice. It's like a horror voice. It's like a, a monster's voice or yeah. something. It's amazing. It had, it, they use a voice changer instead of the growl like Christian Bale did. Uh, the one thing that kind of creeped me out, especially in respect to what we were talking about with Gotham this week, how Bruce will not kill anybody and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And this Batman goes, you're going to bleed, basically. I was like, ah, yeah. you are not the mm-hmm. right Bruce. Well, and this is good because it kind of leads into my next point. Yeah, I, America. I, this is a, a Batman way late in his life, and I want to say, based on something I think I saw in the trailer, maybe a Batman who's been dealt a tragedy recently. Mm. Uh, because I'm pretty sure I see the Robin costume behind him in that scene where he's staring at the Bat costume. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure I see the Bow Staff and the Robin costume in a case behind him, which would indicate to me that in this timeline, the Joker has killed Robin like he did in the comics. Interesting. So, so in this, I can see, I could see, I, I know when. Robin died in the comics. It sent ba- Batman down a dark path for a while. Well, I can see that it's his it's his young child. Yeah, but I can totally see you know that being the case here, where a uh, Robin got killed, and then this alien comes in and destroys a major city that uh, well, mm. Wayne Enterprises probably has a lot of holdings. In. I would imagine. Yeah, but uh, it, so so I could see him maybe kind of dipping into the dark mm. side of himself a little mm. bit. Although something that always bothers me in Batman movies, mm-hmm. he has the no kill rule unless he's in a vehicle. If he's in a bat plane if he's in a batmobile shooting everybody up all the cars are blowing up people in them batman doesn't care 
But one-on-one, he's not going to snap your neck. He'll just give you a concussion, okay. which is good. I, now, one thing that they kind of stress here, and I guess uh, in the IMAX version that they showed, uh, they stressed even more so because they have a, a scene where they're, Superman and Batman are running at each other to butt heads, oh. uh, like right at the end. But it's the big battle, the Batman v Superman. Now, me personally, I'm not really sold on this aspect because they're super friends. They should, it, well, they're no, super they're, friends. they're the world's finest team, Batman and Superman, and they should work together towards a common goal of justice. Right, mm-hmm. I and I, I can definitely understand it. it's a common trope. Two heroes meet, they have a misunderstanding, they have a fight uh, just to see who would win, and then they move on to fight the villain. So as long as that's the structure we're working with here, where Batman, Superman face off, then they come together to fight. I don't know Lex Luthor or whoever the big bad of the movie happens to be but if it's that, always lex yeah but <laughs> if they kind of structure it to where i don't know superman's the protagonist and batman's like the bad guy in the entire movie is the two of them fighting i'm gonna be disappointed yeah you are like well for one like me personally i'm not a huge fan of like big big long drawn out action sequences i like more character moments or like small sort of wide shot choreographed fight sequences uh so if that's going to be the case i'm i'm not going to be too happy, but I I I feel like uh, it's going to be okay. I I, I feel I've, I I'm pretty confident seeing this trailer that it's going to be okay. What do, what do you think, especially about that whole like Batman versus Superman? Does that excite you, or does that? Well, I mean, you know, everything I know, Batman and Superman are friends, mm-hmm. so there's that. Same goodbye to Win in the chat room. Here. Oh, there goes our last strike. Yeah, and we have to remember too that this is their first meeting. Although, you know, if time – a bunch of time has passed since Man of Steel, uh-huh. you'd think that Superman would have made it, his way over to Gotham City to check out the rumors about the guy in the bat suit or something. Yeah, but, introduce himself. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think we'll do the arbitrary scale because obviously it would be 100% for me and uh, Emery would probably be – A question mark because I still have no idea what question, I'm looking like at. Like that question mark, that Riddler question mark I'm, on the – I am the Riddler question column, mark. Column in the trailer too. OK. So now on to the news. News. First up, the ratings. Uh, now, uh, on Fox, uh, Gotham matched last week's series low, 1.5 for adults, 18 to 49. Rating. What? I have a feeling this is going to be ab- adjusted up at some point. It has to be. Yeah, because 1.5 is low. That's like Flash numbers. And Gotham has always done way better than Flash. Go look at the numbers. I'm serious. Okay. People, people talk more about Flash online. Gotham has been doing way better than Flash or Arrow. Interesting. Up until the past two weeks. Of course. Of course. <laughs> well, remind me and I'll look at the adjusted numbers before next week. Oh, that's fair. So we can we can have a little update there. A little update. Okay. Uh, next up, we're going to watch the uh, trailer for next week, which is called The Anvil or The Hammer. So uh, mm. let's take a look here. And there's something I'm really excited about. You know what I'm capable of. I, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Jim Gordon's desperate. I miss all the fun. Penguin with the Tommy gun. Gotta love that. The ogre with the knife to Barbara's throat. But also with uh, um, Jim and Harvey were in the ogre's thing. Oh, were they? Even good men have secrets. Good men do have secrets. And then they open up the fireplace. Into the Batcave! Spoilers. No, I'm kidding. Speculations. What could could be in a secret, behind a secret compartment in Wayne Manor? I mean, I have no idea what could be behind the fireplace in Wayne Manor. It does kind of surprise me, though, that that they would reveal the Batcave in the next season finale instead of in the season finale. That feels like a season finale moment, you know? Who said we get to go in it? That could be the... Oh, like... That could be the closing scene. That could be like the cliffhanger. They open it. It starts to open. It starts to open black. Gotham. Gotham. Just like that. But uh, yeah, it should be uh, pretty interesting. By the way, uh, you can get the links to all of these stories in the show notes at uh, legendsofgotham.com. And next up, we we got, uh, and this is kind of spoilery, so if you want to go totally ahead and skip spoilery. ahead a minute, go ahead. But uh, Bruno Heller, uh, the the showrunner for Gotham, uh, gave, made a little uh, indication of what we're going to be seeing as far as a big bad for next season. So, Amory, you want to... <clears throat> Read that. Um, I say you're not going to see teases of the Joker before the end of the season because the beginning of season two is a big Joker oriented or how the Joker came to be kind of story. Heller told (coughs) comicbook.com in an interview. Uh, Beginning of season two is the very earliest origins of how the Joker came to be. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, I'm assuming the Joker is Jerome. One we, can only assume. Yeah, we will see. But uh, yeah, the Joker is definitely the season two big bad. You so that's what official. What? Hey, look at this Joker. Look at this Joker look all over town. Joker. Look at this Joker. He's a stupid I clown. Look, look Everybody Joker. look at this Joker and laugh at that him. That kid is creepy. <laughs> we did it. 
There you go. We can't have an episode without the look we of really those can't. Jokes, it, so. It's just awkward. No, but it, it definitely makes sense too because uh, the blind fortune teller was episode sixteen, which was supposed to be the last episode. So exactly, that was supposed to be the big reveal. Oh. You know, that was supposed to be the big. Oh my god! So basically, this entire half season mm-hmm. was thrown together. It has been them spinning their wheels. Well, I, I would assume that the blind fortune teller would have had some uh, would have had the mob war happen in it too a percentage of the mob war. yeah something yeah but uh, yeah it should be interesting here and let's see we already talked about that and that okay so now time for a listener feedback now when you get done watching the episode next week what i need you to do is i need you to open that that secret door you keep behind your dining room table walk into your torture chamber pull a saw off the wall chop off your own hand use the other hand Email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Tweet us at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash legendsofgotham. And the voicemail number for you hackers out there, 424-274-2352. I like my hacker thing. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And as always, uh, the first one this week was from Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Bobby. Hey, Bill, Amory, and everyone else in chat. It's hey. Bobby Hi. here. <laughs> uh, I've got to say, last night's episode of Gotham was like one of the best of the uh, series so far. We liked it. I really thought the ogre uh, villain was going to turn out kind of cheesy, but it was a great villain. Uh, not only was it a great villain, it was like a great Batman villain that <laughs> isn't a Batman villain, uh, which is something that the show has had a problem with, you know, being that they can't show Batman villains that if they don't exist yet. But Timelines. The ogre had a great backstory, had a great reason for being the ogre, and a great reason for just being called the ogre. Beyond that, there was uh, quite a few things going on in the episode, but it didn't feel like convoluted or one storyline didn't feel shorted from the other. Just everything and everyone was on point. Uh, Harvey and Bullock, of course, their inter- interactions and the case that was going on was great. Uh, Bullock, of course, can do no wrong by, in my book. He's one of my <laughs> favorite characters. Uh, the Bruce and Selena scenes, and uh, especially at the ball and whatnot. I mean, that whole the, everything at the ball felt like something out of a Batman comic book. They did great with, uh, like, I guess what you would say is the origin of the Riddler. Um, <laughs> even foreshadowing it uh, by having him stab that watermelon repeatedly in the beginning of the episode and then later stabbing Doherty in the duck or uh, then the cut the over and over again. <laughs> um, the whole <laughs> thing with Penguin and Maroney <laughs> and then how Maroney <laughs> turned around and did the only thing he could do and tell Penguin's poor girl uh, Mother Gertrude, the truth about her son. <laughs> All of that was great. Penguin taking out the flower guy just because he had to let off some steam. Hell, even that Barbara was great in this episode. Yeah, poor flower delivery guy. I know. He's like, but the tip wasn't included. Rip flower delivery guy, Rip 2015. Guy. There was like nothing to complain about in this episode. It, you know what? There was. Where the hell are Montoya and Alan? No, like, mention. No one's like, hey, where... Did, where here, 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 here. Where did those guys go? You know, remember those guys? No, nothing. Bring back Matoya and Alan. Yeah, their names are in the beginning of every episode. I know. It's so annoying. <sighs> every time I see it, I'm like, oh, maybe they'll be in this one. And we should send the penguin over there and get the get him to talk to the showrunners. Be like, hey, hey Bruno, Alan. we're sending the penguin after you. <laughs> as far as that whole calling you out, Bruno. <laughs> calling whole you out. smile that Barbara gave uh, the ogre at the end. I don't think it was because she was like, ooh, let's go kill some people. I think it was like. Ooh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but whips and chains excite me. <laughs> so sorry, sorry. So I'll give this episode um, seven and a half of eight mutilated watermelons. And I give your voicemail ten out of ten slightly awkward at the end voicemails, Bobby. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bobby. Okay, uh, Mom with Moxie on Twitter uh, said, "Holy smokes, I still can't believe an hour flies by that fast." Yeah. And uh, Pastor Batman, I uh, had a quick question. Said. Surely Bill's keen eye caught the Flatermouse Gallery reference. Is this Barbara's art business? Maybe. Yeah, because we talked about that from the article earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, I yes. knew that there I, – okay, I don't get the gallery. Can you share? Well, she's an share artist. Share with the stupid. We know her, her profession is artist. So, and I know it's art gallery, yeah. So he he's wondering if this is Barbara's gallery and is, is that – were they at an event at her gallery? Probably. I, I would assume. I mean – 
Well, I guess she's probably still getting money from her parents, but I mean, she, she. I mean, she said that she goes to the ball because it's good for the gallery. <laughs> okay, does she? Yeah. Okay, in that case, yeah, yeah. So, Pastor Batman. Um, I didn't catch catch this one. Emery's keen knife. Boom. Did. And she's audibly delicious. Okay, and next up is Joel. Take it away, Joel from Portland. Hey, Bill and Emery. Hey, Howdy. Joel from Portland. Uh, this is a much better episode than last week. Uh, I like that that Harvey, uh, he actually seems to care more about this solving this case than anything he's ever done before. He actually is now a likable character. I like all the, uh, the uh, what are they called, makeovers. Bruce in a tuxedo. Uh, Barbara looks like she's taking her fashion cues from Cruella de Vil. And Kat looks like she's taking her fashion tips from uh, Madonna in the Like a Virgin music video. Definitely. Anyways, um... See, I, I like how all the bad guys in this episode are all crying and stabbing people. It really sets up for the rest of the season. And how Jim's voice over the ogre's uh, home TV in the living room kind of set the tone for the rest of the, the season. You know, the the game is afoot now. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was a it's much better episode. Like I said, it's going to set up for the rest of the season. I would give this episode 25 out of 30 scratched photos thanks guys <gasps> i can't hang it up come on <laughs> hang up the phone there we go you stole my scale joel no i'm kidding that was fantastic <laughs> also that you struggled to hang up the phone yeah actually i we we normally don't listen to the voicemails i did happen to hear that and i left it in just because i thought it was funny so sorry if you don't take offense joel we it's do all this good for fun. entertainment yeah definitely you want to read this one from eve here for show okay hi bill and Anne marie i'm eve at eve c-a-n-a-s um on twitter um and i've been an avid listener of legends of gotham since a few months back but this is my first time writing in oh thank Welcome. you thank you eve um i really enjoyed the episode and in comparison to last week's beasts of prey the plot was more consistent maybe it's because a lot of the points established last week were finally developed and there was no fish mooning. Hear me out. I love Jade, but whenever there's a fish scene, it seems to be out of place with the rest of the events and I can't help thinking meanwhile in Gotham. Um, Meanwhile on Dollmacher Island. Seriously. Um, I loved how Bruce and Cat's relationship has been developed so far and we're getting to see a lot of hints of the future as Batman and Catwoman. Nygma finally snapped and it looks like he's really great at stabbing watermelons. Among other things. Among other things. Uh, His scenes um, have always been really entertaining and fun but we have now seen his dark side and what Corey michael smith delivered yesterday was phenomenal agreed very much the highlight for me was the last scene with gertrude and oswald i never cried watching gotham but in that moment of raw emotion delivered by robin lord taylor and carol kane is off the chart maroney is known for a long time that oswald's mother is his greatest love and therefore his weakness so he will most definitely exploit that more from now on which is a uh, really taking a page out of penguin's playbook there yeah. Um, Obviously, I can't see the young and reckless penguin backing down after being threatened like this. And it looks like next episode will deliver more Psycho Oswald moments. Um, (laughs) As a side note, I do remember that in episode 16, The Blind Fortune Teller, Oswald attacked the guy who booed his mom singing right in front of her. Yes. Nice. So I'm quite perplexed as to how Mrs. Gobblebolt hasn't noticed that her son is a bit of a psychopath until now. Well, I, I don't know if you've ever been on stage, Eve, but... Sometimes, you can't see yeah, anything. sometimes those lights you can only see about three or four feet in front of the stage. Show, and I believe the guy was back by the bar yeah, making fun of her. So, so it does make sense. It she w- probably just heard some commotion. At least that's the explanation. We'll, we'll uh, adapt so we can sleep at night. Um, finally, uh, Milo's ogre is properly creepy. And I think that he might have finally found his significant other in Barbara. She seemed to be pretty into his Fifty Shades of Grey room. <laughs> so I suspect that she might aid ogre in orchestrating Jim's downfall. Oh. Well, she she definitely has some motivation to take Jim out. Oh. I love her scorned and all that. Interesting. Um, so that's it, really. Sorry for the long mail and for the choppy English grammar. <laughs> it's my second language. Oh, holla. Um, and if this email arrives late, I uh, can't wait to see next week's episode. The promo looked really promising. Hope to hear from you guys in the future and keep up the brilliant work. Thank you, Eve. And for this being your second language, mm-hmm. you do better than it's my first. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had letters <laughs> from people where English was their first language that were less well-written. Uh, they may have even gone to school for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, next Next up, we have a voicemail from Andy, our good friend Andy over at the uh, Flash Podcast and also our, our partner uh, that we don't mention nearly enough at DC TV Podcast, where Flash Podcast, Quiver, The Arrow Podcast, Supergirl Radio, Supergirl Radio, and us, DCTV.com or DCTVPodcast.com. 
Check it out. Uh, Andy, take it away, Andy. Hi, guys. It's Andy B. from the Flash Podcast. I just wanted to leave what a up, voice message about so... this episode of Gotham that you just finished watching. Uh, holy crap. This was an amazing episode. I really, really enjoyed it. I, you know, despite, you know, the horror that is Barbara Keane. Sorry, girl. Ain't, ain't happening. Um, <laughs> I loved everything that was happening in this episode from, you know, well, where do I even begin from? From your seeing, uh, you know, Jason, you know, Jason's backstory being told and, uh, and also just, you know, cat girl and bad boy hanging out together. I, I really love everything that had to do with Bruce and Selena. I think that it was a really good sh- uh, foreshadowing to their relationship in the, in the, in their adult life of, you know, Bruce will never kill anyone, but Selena will. Um, so I like that a lot. Uh, the Riddler, oh my god, Eddie, I'm, <laughs> I'm so concerned about it. Like he, he's the kind of guy that you don't want to see become a villain, but you know will become a villain. So, so I I was I was devastated about that, but the, the, I thought it was it was haunting to see that scene just take place, and I no, I loved the whole episode, and um, and I could ramble about it forever, but yeah, I really loved the, the Eddie thing, and oh, also an Oswald Cowpot uh, being busted to his mother, and uh, yeah, Maroney is <laughs> he better watch his back, but uh, but overall, really really good episode, you know, I'm really excited to see these two remaining episodes season one, and. And, uh, and I will be talking to you guys soon. So have a good one. I can't wait to hear what you had to say about this episode. So take care. Thank you very much, Thanks, Andy. Andy. Andy, yeah, I can't believe two episodes left. <laughs> and then the reckoning. Oh, wait, we haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> I didn't have the camera on me for a minute. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, audio go- listener. Ghost of Mr. and Mrs. Wang. <laughs> Wang. Wang? <laughs> no, not Wang. Wayne, Wayne. Okay, we're wrapping up here soon. Wrapping okay. it up. Here's a, a <laughs> leftover on a YouTube from Hope. Uh, Hope says, "Hey, Bill and Amory. Uh, question one: uh, Do you notice when Jim is angry, his voice sounds like Batman's, which is uh, appropriate because oh. Ben McKenzie voiced Batman in the animated and that's movie. That's probably why it sounds like Batman. Yeah, Batman Year One. A uh, second question is: I think uh, or comment question. I think uh, Mooney will get the helicopter over the water, but Kelly is going to have to learn how to fly a helicopter fast. LOL. Possibly. Yeah. It did, uh, the the injured guy who was Fish's best friend over on, on the island. Yeah, he could yeah. maybe maybe he'll have to take over the copter. Uh, she also says because uh, I said I forget what oh. I said. I, I didn't say Deadpool. I said something else, Deathstroke or something. Uh-huh. And uh, people corrected me that uh, the Ryan Reynolds movie coming up is oh, Deadpool. Oh yeah. But uh, Hope says I love Deadpool and I saw your mistake right away. And uh, then says is that Maroney's mom? Uh, that's what I thought when I saw the picture in the diner. <gasps> oh. He loves his mom, but I don't think the feeling is mutual. Finally, I want to say thanks uh, for the show. So that could be interesting if that was Maroney's mother's restaurant. Maybe that's why there's the picture there and why. So much better. And definitely pay back for this week for sure. If that's the case for sure. Okay. We have a couple of tweets here. You want to finish off? Sure. Okay. These are, uh, let's see, from uh, at the Powell family. 40 out of 40 pairs of Selena Kyle's shoes. Can't wait for next week. And Thomas Wayne's secrets. Um, from at Andreas underscore sh- um, <laughs> <laughs> this week's Gotham 36 out of 42 stabbed watermelon um, yeah you just put that in there twice oh did I it's okay. the same thing twice <laughs> alright never mind then that's about it then okay so next week when you're done watching the episode what I need you to do is I need you to uh, you have a birth defect a, a defect from birth all what? over your face that's awful and then I need you to go to the cosmetic surgeon uh, set up an appointment come back for the appointment then when they're cleaning their hands, getting ready to cut the growth off your face, uh-huh. I need you to hop onto their computer, email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com, tweet us at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash legendsofgotham, and the voicemail number, which you'll probably have to knock the plastic surgeon out, uh, honestly, to use the phone because it's right over by the hand-washing station, yeah. is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Okay, Emery, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitters at AMD Simone. And as for me, you can follow me online at Bill Meeks. Uh, you can follow all the podcasts we do, including Universe Box, a story set to a theme, the podcast about everything at universebox.com. And you can follow the books I write, the superhero adventures, Dog Boy Adventures, at dogboyadventures.com. Also, I have a couple, a new book, Trials of King Sparrow, coming out this yes. week. So stay tuned on my Twitter if you want to check Stay tuned. There's some out. awesome stuff coming out. Okay, so I guess that's about it. So I, I guess join us next time for more Legends, Legends of, of Gotham. Gotham. 
got it right. Woohoo!